Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. That with this message we're about to look tonight is a message that you and I will have to go back and see it and check. What is the reason of our serving God? Why are we serving God? Why are we giving our time? Why are we paying our offering? What are the things that compels the possibility? This is one message that as much as possible that we the church, we somehow, I'm not saying totally, we somehow begin to sugarcoat this very particular message to the point that the people in church, they've lost the reason for them to serve God. They've lost the reason why the church was instituted. They've lost the benefits why their giving must be accepted. And so this message that is coming tonight. I pray that every stumbling block that may want to hinder you from having all that God has marked for you, it will be broken off your face in the name of Jesus. The Bible says when Jesus was on the cross of Calvary, when he said it is finished, he said the veil at the temple, the Bible says it tore from the top downward. We gave men access to the holies of holies. And so tonight, every veil that has covered you, every veil that has barricaded you from operating the fullness of what God has destined from you, from the top to the down, it will be torn in the name of Jesus. And so tonight, the topic of my message is titled, The Mysteries of Dedication. The Mysteries of Dedication. You see, one of the things that I want you to understand when you look at the word mystery, it, it, it's one thing there when we want to, to, to begin to unfold the word mystery is something that we don't know the possibility therein, but the operations and the benefits are in there. For instance, there's a mystery behind, behind the air you and I will breathe. We can't get hold of the air, but yet we can breathe the air. It's a mystery that we can't explain. Yes, science will come and tell you there is a H, there is a 2, there is a whatever. I don't know how they come up with those combinations. But all of a sudden, O2, I think that's oxygen, O2. I refuse to forget my chemistry. And so, but if you look at it, they come with a number just to be able to accommodate their earthly understanding concerning the mysteries and the happenings of God. The same thing also the Bible calls to understand the book of John chapter 3. It says, for we as the believer, it says, just the same way you cannot tell where the wind is going. That is how the happenings of the believer should be. Which means ability for us to live a mysterious life. Where people cannot tell how the thing happened, but they can see the result. People cannot tell what are the things that came together for you to be the one that they have to choose. People cannot fathom because why? When they look at your life, you, 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 you do not pay up for this very particular promotion but because we operate in a mysterious part we operate in the supernatural where we know what to do at the natural to complain the super to be able to operate on the natural and that's why it's called a supernatural and so i pray for somebody tonight that as we begin to unveil the mystery of dedication ability for us to understand how to be dedicated to the things of god and tonight that one thing that we need to be able to reveal you that said to every man on earth i pray for you tonight that your heart will be able to receive it in the name of jesus and so quickly this moment we're going to be looking at our test tonight in the book of jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16 
Jeremiah 6 verse 16. Most of the scripture I'm going to be reading from, I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. The, the NKGV. I think I hope I'm correct. But the New King James Version. And so because of that tonight, that will be my primary base. But if I'm reading any other scripture, I'll let you know. Jeremiah chapter 16 from verse 6. The Bible says here, it said, Toss here the Lord, stand ye in the way and see. Now, this is God speaking. He said, Toss here the Lord, stand ye in the way and see, and ask for the old parts. The ability for ask, ask for the old parts. He said, Where is the good way? Which means, despite the fact that the path is old, it is still good. He says, And walk daring. He says, Walk daring, and you shall find rest for your soul. Maybe that's the reason for us as Platform Church, we are called a family of rest because why? We understand that for us to be able to enjoy rest, as much as they would say that old school is not fashionable with the things of God. He remains the ancient of days, but yet he is still the ever-trending God. He remains the old, we call him the Arubo, the one that is old and yet still remains new. But yet, in the place of him being the old part, he is still relevant in our days. He now says here, he says, and you shall find rest for your soul. But before you find rest for your soul, what is the thing that God was saying here? He says, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old parts. Because the problem I've seen in my generation, we are very quick for us to look for the new trends. We are quick for us to look for the new things. Especially in the body of Christ, we are quick for us to look for the new message. We are quick for us to look for, for uh, pastor. We want new things. We want fresh things. We want things that are fresh, you know. If the church is not fresh, it's not vibrant. If the man of God is not preaching fresh stuff, you don't want to hear. You want rema. But this is the thing for me that I keep saying. As much as you want fresh stuff, the one you listened to last week Sunday, have you been able to engage it? It is until you engage the word, regardless of how old or how new the thing is, that is where your dominion on earth is. But this is the thing there that was very interesting when God was speaking to this speaking to these people in the book of Jeremiah 6 16. He now says, But they said we will not walk daring. They said we will not walk daring. If you read that very particular scripture down, the Bible says, Because they refuse to walk in the path, they refuse to take the ancient wisdom to ask, for lack of a better word, to ask people who have gone ahead. I remember for us, for, for, for me and my wife, we're like, when we look at the things of the church that God has helped us with at this very particular moment, one of the things that stands for us is the fact that when we, 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 we take a time for us to do a study on some of the few church, and we're still doing a lot of study because why? We just came into this very particular work a few days ago. And so because of that ability for us to, to succumb our intelligence to the ocean part, what did Winners Chapel did for them to be where they are today? What did Rema do for them to be where they are today? What did House of Treasure do? What the likes of what you call Restoration Ministry and the Walmart Ministry, all this ministry that has been there for the past 30, 40 years. What are the system? Now, these are the ancient parts for the ministry for them to be secured. The same thing also applies to your life. The mystery of dedication is one of the ancient parts that we have, we have, for lack of a better word, abandoned in church just because we want to get all the oomph and messages that pleases our heart. But I'm here to tell you tonight for us as a church, we are not a church that will appease your ego. But all we want to do is to be able to give you everything that can ascertain and guarantee your rest. And so because of that, my dear sisters and brothers tonight, God has not changed. Neither does the things change. 
He hasn't changed. Everything about God is still constant. Just because you don't want to do God's way does not mean that God is going to change his way for you. Just because you don't want to abide by God's principle and system does not mean that God is going to wake up one morning and begin to change his thinking concerning you. No. His system is system. It is either you do God's way or you do your own way. And so because of that tonight, one of the things I want you to understand is the fact that we have this very particular hot word mindset that because grace has come for us, we have misused and abused it by cutting corner and still expect God to be our God. We have used, the, you know, there's this very particular word, you know, grace is there, grace has covered me and stuff. But look at the thing about grace. Regardless of the fact that grace is available for you, when you make a mistake, you will still find yourself in the courtroom. Grace will not remove responsibility from your part. Grace will not remove the fact that if you kill, you will be killed. Grace will not remove the fact that if you rape, abuse, and the court find you guilty. The grace will not stop you to say you will not go to prison, my dear, you will go to prison. So let's not deceive ourselves with a hogwash message of grace that make you think that grace is a license for you to live a life of lasciviousness. No. Grace is an empowerment for you to be able to live like Christ. An empowerment that has been given for us in this dispensation. For us to be able to live like Christ. And so one of the things in which I put here on my note. I say salvation, which is God's gift to man's once and for all sacrifice through his son, has not taken responsibility and dedication to God from our part. It has not. Salvation was given to us by God, whereby we don't then need to kill goat, what you call animal, goat, tiger, lion, depending on whatever you kill, for you to be able to have a one year, for lack of better word, cleansing. Salvation through the Son Jesus was given to us so that we might be able, so that we can be able to walk this walk and also to be able to do all that is in the Bible. It is very funny, we are remember when it said, Thou shall be blessed, it is the Bible, or it is the grace message. When it tells you the responsibility to be blessed, you say it is Old Testament. And that's why we see all the nonsense that is happening in the church. Because why? We've left the truth, the hardcore truth that guarantees our freedom. Second Timothy chapter 3 from verse 15. Second Timothy 3 15. That's my second text for tonight. Second Timothy 3 verse 15. The Bible says here. 3.15 and 17, 15 to 17. It says, and from the childhood, it says, you have known the Holy Scripture. And from the childhood, you have known the Holy Scripture. Paul was writing to his son, to his spiritual son, Timothy. He says, which is able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. He says, and all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for four things. Profitable for four things. What is the four things? Number one, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. He said that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. The man of God may be equipped. When we talk about the man of God here, we are not talking about Pastor Darlington. We are talking about all who are in Christ. All who are in Christ may be able to be equipped. And so because of that, the four things that the word of God, the Bible that you and I will read onto, the Bible that you and I punch every day, it has four things to give us. What is number one? Doctrine. The doctrine there means ability to understand God in the light of Christ. Ability to understand God in the light of Christ. Where you can be able to know when the pseudo Jesus kind of gospel message is coming, you know that this one is not from my God. 
doctrine, ability to sit with it. The ability also when it comes for number two, which is reproof. Because that's not what I'm focusing on. Reproof, what is reproof? Ability for you to be rebuked. To be rebuked. See, we live in our dispensation. This generation where we are now. I used to tell my wife, I said, see, this generation where everybody has freedom. You don't even know what to say anymore. But the Bible, as far as the Bible is concerned, it has been given by God's inspiration for rebuke. When you do something wrong, ability to tell you, hey, Baba, you are wrong. And you take it and you don't then get angry. As long as it's in the line with the scripture. Ability for you to be reproof. Then also number three, correction. To guide you and to correct you. To make amends in the things of God. To guide and correct you. To make amends in the things of God. And the fourth thing for instruction. Which means the laws that guarantees your settlement and equip you. The laws that guarantees your settlement. See, no matter how much a person wants to let out to drive, if you don't go with the instruction of what your instructor is telling you, I promise you, you will have accidents in life. You will have accidents. Maybe that's the reason why majority of us in the body of Christ, we keep getting accidents and yet we wonder why. Because we've not taken our time for us to go and check the manual. What instructions is there for me to be able to enjoy rest? What are the instructions for my finance to grow? What are the instructions for me to be able to live a good health and for me to be able to live peacefully with the people? The Bible comes with instruction. And so one of the things in which I put here, I say anyone that lets you be in the work with God above this form mentioned, that person is trying to push your way out of destiny. Anyone that tells you that no, there's no correction, that no, just live your life, there's no, you see, just do your thing. You know, that is this very particular word, I don't want to say it. That this very particular word that is popular, if I say the title, you will know. Ability for you to know your own truth. My dear, there is nothing like your own truth. It's a hogwash to accommodate your stupidity and your laziness. Ability for you to find your own truth. How do you find your own truth outside of instructions? Because if not, so we'll be bringing a society that will be killing people left, right, and center. Because if my truth means that ability for me to rape person, now that's my truth. So why will you want to come and infringe on my truth? Do you see how that find your own truth can kill you out of the plans of God? And so this moment, what is the mystery of dedication? We need to begin to look at this very particular word. Matthew chapter 7 from verse 21 to 25. Matthew 7, 21 to 25. The Bible says yes. It says, not everyone who said to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone. So which means the problem is the fact that my question I need to ask you. Since you've been shouting, Lord, God of the rested life, like we call it a platform church. My question for you tonight is, are you sure you are part of the candidates that will enter heaven? He said, but who? He said, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. Men will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have not, prof have we not prophesied in your name, cast out devils in your name, and done many wonders in your name. Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Ah, you hear the word, ability to know your truth. You who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hear the saying of my, I do with them. He says, I will liken them as the wise man. Ability to go with instructions. God himself is saying here, I will liken them as a wise person. Any person that wants to live a life outside of instruction, you are a foolish person. It's as simple as that. Your Bible says so. He said, anyone that do the saying of mine, I will liken them as a wise man. Who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, and the flood comes, and the wind blowed, and beat the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. 
One of the things I said here, there is nothing. I mean, there is one thing that God is looking from you. Not your money, my dear. Not your accolade. Not your title. I know that, yes, the church needs money for the church to grow. I know that, yes, the church needs everything. We need your accolade and your prestige somehow to brand the church. But tonight, we are looking at one important thing that God has compelled me tonight to bring on your table. If you can get this one right, every other thing you do in the church or you do with your life, with the work with God, will be an add-on. Just this one thing. What is the one thing? Matthew chapter 15 from verse 7 to 20. Matthew 15, 7 to 20, it's a long read. And this was a thing there that Jesus was telling the disciples when they were asking him concerning. And Jesus was talking about this hypocrite, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, where it says that these people, they draw near me with their mouth, but their lips and their heart is far from me. Their lips and their heart is far from me. And so Jesus was trying to explain this thing to these very particular guys. And so as he was busy explaining them, we can now see in the book of 17, Matthew, that Matthew that we're talking about, Matthew chapter 15. Let's look at verse 17. The Bible says here, he said, Do you not understand that whatever enters into the man's mouth or his stomach is eliminated? But those things which is found out of his mouth that comes from his heart, I want you to underline that word, the heart. From his heart, it says, they defiles the man. He says, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, blasphemies. He said, these are these which defiles the man, but what a man, I mean, but to eat with an unwashed hand does not defile the man. Now we begin to get to the crack of tonight's service. What is that one thing that God is looking for? That if we can take advantage of this, we will be able to run the race. One thing tonight. My dear, it's not your money. I'm going to say it again one more time. It's not, see, let me even say it with a church time. It's not your title offering, your prophetic seed, your building project, your stuff. One thing, one thing that God is calling for you tonight. And if you can get that one right, your tithe and your offering and every other service you are going to do to God will be in view. That one thing. Because the truth of it is this. I've seen it within our corridors of church. We think that coming to church Monday to Monday, we think that we are doing God a favor. My dear, if this one thing is not in view, your coming to church Monday to Monday will be a waste of time. And if you can get this one thing right, I promise you every other thing will be right in your life. Let's look at the Bible tonight. What is that one thing? Proverbs chapter 23, verse 26. Proverbs 23, verse 26. He says here, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my way. My son, give me your heart. My daughter, give me your heart. All God is asking from you is your heart. My son, my daughter, my, I know that yes, you've been doing all the works. I know that yes, you've been preaching. I know that yes, you've been binding the devil. I know that yes, you've been casting out demons and stuff. Yes, that those are the anointing on you. But the anointing in you that sponsors the one that is on you. My son, my daughter, he says, give me your heart. Give me your heart. Give me your heart. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1. He says, my son, do not forget my, my teachings. He said, but let your heart keep my commandment. Let your heart keep my commandment. Also in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 4. He says, he taught me and said, let your heart lay hold of my works. 
and let my commandments and you will live. Proverbs 23, 26. My son, give me your heart. God is not looking for your money. God is not looking for your accolade. God is not looking for all those rasmata that you add to, 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 to your zenesekwa for God. All God is compelling and calling us tonight is a heart for him. An ability for our hearts to be with him. He says, my son, give me your heart. Proverbs 4.4, 4, you give God your heart. The ability for you to live. One of the things in which I put here, as a beloved Christian, Christian walk, we walk a walk on this earth with our heart not in connections with God. Because why we are too busy trying to, to, for lack of a better word, to score the works that we want to do with God, but forget that there is one thing that is very important. This is a message for me that even myself, just I'm saying to you, I am asking myself the question, am I giving God my heart all I'm doing the work? All of a sudden, then I wake up one morning, I'm wondering, where's my heart? Now, these are the things for me that I, when I see people who wake up one morning and they retire from ministry at a very young age, I get confused. Where was your heart before? Because if your heart is locked in God, where your heart is locked in him, there is nothing that can come and hit you that you'll be able to run away from it. He says, my son, give me your heart. My son, give me your heart. We also see that very particular example with the Macedonian church. Paul the Apostle was talking about the Macedonian church and how this Macedonian church, they serve God undoubtedly with their heart. Their heart for God compels all the things that they were doing. And this is one of the things that God was saying to me a few hours ago. He said the reason why majority of the people in the body of Christ, that they are not receiving the blessings in terms of doing the works of the Lord is because their heart is not part of it. Their heart is not in the things. My dear, the miracle that you are expecting, that breakthrough that you want, that marital settlement that you want, are you coming to God from the place of your heart, your service to God, your heart for God, or you are coming to God from the place of, let me be able to do a transaction with God. If I give God a one rand and I, and I put it inside the envelope, I put it inside the offering basket, 5,000 is going to come out. Is that what your heart is for God? Or your heart is for God regardless of anything? Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 8 from verse 1 to verse 5. Second Corinthians 8, 1 to verse 5. I'm looking at the Macedonian church because this is a church thing. And so we're going to talk in the church way. Second Corinthians chapter 8 from verse 1 to verse 5. He says here, Moreover, brethren, we make known of you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. He said that in the great trials of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abound in riches of their liberty. I want you to look at something with the Macedonian church. He says there is a joy that they carry and yet they were in deep poverty. Verse 3 says, he said, for I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their abilities, he said they were willing, they freely willing, imploring us with the much urgency that we receive the gift and the fellowship of ministering to the saints. Now, this is where the story of these very particular guys are, the Macedonian church, verse 5. He says, and not only we had hoped, he said, but they first gave themselves. They first gave themselves to Lord and then to us by the will of God. Their first thing about the Macedonian church is the fact that their heart was for God. 
their heart was for God. Anything other, that's why, because their heart was for God. And yet, the Bible says here, they were in deep poverty, in the place of their poverty, as long as their heart was settled in God. The ability for them to give was not a problem. The ability for them to serve was not a problem. Because they understand that if our heart can be settled in God, the other ones that we are dying to get will be added to us. We also see there in the book of Psalm chapter 51, verse 16 to 19. Psalm 51, verse 15, I mean verse 16 to 19. David here was making us to understand. He said, for you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would have given it to you. David was making us to understand. And this is one thing of David. David was a man that the Bible says he was a friend of God. He was a man. He was a man after God's own heart. Ah, see, can God look at you and says, you, my daughter, you have my heart. Can God look at you and know too well that even when you are small or when you are great, your heart for him is everly locked in the things of God. This is one service that we need to be able to put our, put our card straight. He says here, verse, verse 16, let me continue. Psalm chapter 51, verse 16 to 19. He says, for you do not desire sacrifice. He was, telling, he, was telling, he was talking about God. God does not desire your sacrifice. Your sacrifice should be from the product of your heart in God. If your heart is not in God, your sacrifice is useless before God. If your heart, every of your offerings and everything you've ever given, if your heart is not in God, my dear, forget it. You've just wasted that very particular seed. Yes, the church will use it for some certain thing, but the reward for you to be able to enjoy will not be in view. He now says, or else I would have given it to you. He says, you do not delight in burnt offering. Now, verse 17, now make us understand what God delights. He said, the sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. He said, this, O God, you will not despise. God will never despise a heart after him. God will never despise a heart that is panting for him day in, day out. When you wake up this morning, what was the first thought that was on your mind? Was the first thought on your mind how to pay the school fees? Or the first thought on your mind is how can I be able to make sure that my God is pleased with me this morning? How can I be able to do her for me to take interest in the things of God? We also see the end of that very particular version. Bible. It says, do, it says, do good in your good pleasure to Zion. It says, build the walls of Jerusalem. He said, then you shall be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness. When your heart is in line with God, your sacrifice of righteousness now is now been accepted. Your sacrifice of righteousness is now been accepted. And so this is one of the things. These are the many reasons that we don't get blessed. Not having a mark on it is one of the biggest things that we have actually find ourselves into. Because why? God has called us to dominate. But the only way we can be able to pull this dominating mandate that God has given us is for our heart to be in God. Give me your heart. If there is one thing I want you to take as the mystery that will compel divine providence, compel divine provision, that will kill every blocking and stumbling block upon your life, your heart for God determines the mark you make on earth. Your heart for God. I remember somebody the other day, I was at a particular what's it called, particular party, and one of the servants of God there was talking to me. He was like, man of God, when, when I see you talk, I see what God is doing to you. What is your secret? I said to him, point blank. I said, I have no other secret than my heart for God. 
every day I wake up, my wife will bear me witness. Uh, my thing, God witnessed. God witnessed. God what? See, not that I don't have pleasure in the things of this world. I do. Because I'm human being, I'm still here. But my primary focus, I can post every other thing. I can post every other thing and focus on God. Because why? God has become the reason for my existence. God has become the reason of my living. My question for you today, what moves your heart? Where is your heart? What is moving your heart? If ability for you to come to church, for you to be able to, to get blessed, and after get blessed, you disappear. If that is what is moving your heart, maybe that's the reason why one minute you are up, the next minute you are down. Maybe your reason for coming to church is the fact that if God is going to give you that marriage, that child, that business, that whatever, that's what you were looking for. I remember one time I posted on my Facebook, I said, instead of you seeking the hand of God, why don't you take your time to seek the heart of God? Because comes where the heart of God is his hand to your life. If you can seek after the heart of God, what makes God tick? For instance, let's look at it from relationship. No matter how much I claim to love my wife, if my heart is not in the relationship, there is no way. Thank God for women. You guys have, I, how do I call it? You guys have a particular sense. You will know if I love you or not. You will know. If a fellow human can know if you love them or not, how much more God? Whereby the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 from verse 6 to verse 9, where it makes us to understand, it says, God cannot be mocked. The reason why you are not pulling the effect you are supposed to pull. My question is, is your heart right with God? Why are you giving that very particular seed? Are you sowing that seed, giving your tithe and your offering because of your heart for God? Or you are giving God with a mindset that if I give God one rand, he's going to give me ten rand. If I clean the church, he's going to be able to clean my life. Is that what you are doing if that's the case? Maybe that's the reason why you are not actually seeing the result of what you are investing in. And so what is dedication? Let's begin to look. What is dedication? Dedication tonight for this very particular service is getting connected to God and his pleasure. Ability for you to be connected to God. Whereby you know, come rain, come sun. Come winter, come summer. Thank God we're in winter currently now. Because your blanket and your bed is so warm, can you leave the bed and say, my heart is for God. I can leave this bed for three hours, four hours, and I will go and seek my God. The dedication is getting connected to God and his pleasures. What are the things that take God's heart? Have you ever taken out your time for you to find it? I know what ticks your heart. Driving Bentley ticks your heart. Because I can see that from your prayer request. Ability for you to want to get married. Ability for you to want to live a life. We want to stay in Stain City. You want to build a house in Beverly Hills. You want to get your own spaceship to go into Mars, Pluto and stuff. That's what ticks your own heart. Have you taken out the time to ask yourself, what ticks my father's heart? What is the thing that makes God's heart, like Nigeria would say, what is the thing that makes God's heart go totori? That when God just see, when God just see you wake up, you're like God, all of a sudden God is just having a butterflies. You think He doesn't do that? He does that. We can see that how He gave a word around Abraham. He says, "See, I have chosen. I chose Abraham because I know." Ah, can God says, "I know concerning you. I know that no matter what, you would teach your children's children's children the heart for God." It also here dedication also means. It also simply means. Your kingdom commitment and your connections to him. Your kingdom commitment and your connections to him. My dear, after consecration, the next thing is dedication. You've consecrated yourself and said, Lord, I have given my life to you, but to make your mat on earth. Now, this is what I want to say tonight, so that we clear this very particular part here. 
your consecration gave you access for you to be able to enjoy eternal, what's called eternal life. It gives you the opportunity for you to make heaven after your time on earth is done. But I am not in a hurry for me to go to heaven. I want to make a mark on earth. And so what qualifies me for making a mark on earth where God sees me is my heart for God on earth compels him to be able to release all the power and everything I need for me to be able to make dominance on this earth. Consecration guarantees you eternal life. Dedication guarantees you all-round rest on planet earth. Let's look at the scripture this moment in the book of Psalm chapter 92. Psalm 92 from verse 13 and 14. Psalm 92 from verse 13 and 14. Psalm 92 from verse 13 and 14. The Bible here says, it said, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, it said, it shall flourish in the court of our God. He said, they shall bear up fruits in their old age. He said, they shall flourish and they shall remain fresh. But if you look at that scripture, he said, those who are planted in the house of God, where your heart is planted in the things of God, your heart is for God. He said, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, it shall flourish. One of the things I put here, I said to be planted means to be committed dead and buried for God. Planted means committed dead and buried for God. The mystery of dedication is your heart for God. The mystery that sponsors your all-round rest on planet Earth. It's your heart for God. One of the things that if you look, for example, the big example is the seed. Do you notice something about a seed? It's the fact that when you have a seedling in your hand, maybe a maize, a yam, a cassava, or whatever, do you know that when that very particular seed leaves your hand and you put it in the ground, it will be foolishness for you to go and be checking it every day. To say, no, I, I put it three hours ago. Let me go and check it. Let me remove it and see how the thing is doing. The more you do that, the more you kill the possibility of that seed. But for the seed to be able to produce and produce more seeds and more power is the fact that the seed had to be dead in the ground. The same thing also, your life is a seed to God. Your life is a seed. Is your life buried, committed, and dead in the things of God? Where God look at your heart, he knows. My daughter wake up every morning. All she thinks is the things about God. All the things is me. And so because of God, God is delighted to want to come for you at every point in time. One of the things in which I put, I said dedication is a deadly commitment. It means being always there. It's a deadly commitment. It's a deadly commitment. A deadly commitment where your heart is dedicated to the things of God. You are not moved by anything. And when your heart is deadly committed, number one, it guarantees something I want you to know. It guarantees you a glorious future. Because your heart committed. Now, let me give the example with still the seed. Do you notice that you only plant possibility? I don't know how farmers do it, but at least I farm in my own little, for lack of better work, nomadic system. If you put a seed, a two seed in the ground of maize, in the ground, by the time that time, time of life comes for that very particular plant, when it grows all of a sudden, that same two seed that you put in the ground, before you know what is going on, when the maize is finished, you'll find out that the minimum seed that is on that very particular crop is about 600. It's a mystery that you cannot calculate, but yet, do you know something? That very particular seed was dead to the ground. He was dead and buried to the ground, and it allowed the pressure of the earth to be able to rearrange his life. Can your heart be found dead and buried in God? Can it be found? Let's look at it here. I said dedication is a mystery behind the distinctions of men. You see men who make it in this very particular kingdom, 
check their dedication to God. Don't be quick to look for their blessing and run to go and say, man of God, put oil on my head and stuff. No. Look for their dedication. Look for the things that they have put their heart. Where is their heart is? Where their heart is? You wonder why many are ever winning and having all manner of testimonies. Check their heart. Check their heart. I pray for somebody tonight under the sound of my voice. Karoto Shalata. Every lie of the devil that is shifting your heart from one place to another. Tonight, it comes to an end in the name of Jesus. Your, your dedication guarantees you a glorious destiny. We consider the book of Genesis chapter 18 verse 19. Genesis 18, 19. A guy called Abraham. The Bible says here, he said, for I know him. I know him in order that he may command his children and his household after him. He was command. God said, I know Abraham, he will command his children. His children will be able to come for me and that they may keep my ways and do righteousness and justice. They may keep my ways and do righteousness and justice. They may keep my way and do righteousness and justice. One of the things I say here, I say, how dedicated you are to God in your heart and his interests determine how distinguished you will become in his kingdom. How dedicated you are. When you see men rise in this kingdom, I'm not even talking about pastors, I'm talking about every believers. When you see men rise in this kingdom, check their dedication, their undying commitment to the heart of God, to the things that God have interest in. Their heart is given to God. Psalm chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 3. Psalm 1 from verse 1 to verse 3. The Bible here says, It says, Blessed is the man who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. It says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and, say, and this law he does meditate day and night. He says, It shall be as a tree planted by the rivers of water. If that very particular tree refused to be planted, the Bible says that bringeth forth fruit in that season and whose leaf also shall not wither, whatsoever he does prosper. But there was something that made that very particular seed, that very particular palm tree or that very particular tree is because the tree is planted. The tree is planted. The tree is planted. My question for you tonight, where is your heart planted? Where is your heart planted? Is your heart planted for God or it is planted for just any other things or you are trying to play game with the God? The reason why your life is full of games is because you've been playing games with the things of God. The reason why your life is full of every beating, one minute you are up, the next minute you are down, check your heart is because even with the things of God, one minute I am for God, the next minute, just because one pseudo gospel comes around, your heart flies out of the window. My son, give me your heart. My son, give me your heart. One of the things that I said, our yieldedness to God is what determines our result. Until your heart is planted, forget about making a mark on this earth. Until your heart is planted, forget about making a mark on this earth. And my dear sisters and brothers tonight, your dedication and your complete yieldedness to God is what will make men honor you. Is what will even make the father honor you. Your dedication and your complete yieldedness to God. Not one minute I'm in church, the next minute I'm not in church. Sister X, annoy you, the next minute, no, this very particular thing I'm not. God, you can go your own way. No, 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 no. 
We need to be serious with this God. No, no. The time for us to check our hearts. What are we doing with our heart? John chapter 12, verse 24 to 26. John 12, 24 to 26. The Bible says here. It says, most assuredly I said to you, unless a grain of a wheat fall into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much more grains. He said, he who loves his life will lose it. And he who does, who hates his life, he said, in this world will keep it for eternal life. He said, if anyone serve me, look at what God is saying here. If anyone will serve me, anyone will come after my heart. He said, let him follow me where I am. He said, dear, my servant will be also. And if anyone serve me, he said, my father will honor the person. Your undying commitment and your yieldedness to God guarantees honor upon your life. It guarantees honor. Honor on every side. Men begin to wonder how come the Darlington we know a few years ago is not the one we are seeing today because why? Total yieldedness to God is what is sponsoring my life. I once said to my wife and said a couple of days, I said, my sword out to God is like, a, it's like as if I am drunk with a ganja. I am so sold out to the point that you can't, you can't. I remember, I think it was, it was this morning or so, yesterday, a particular old friend of mine apparently had no clue that we've paused or probably stopped Dexterity Radio. And he was trying to reach out to me for us to be able to talk about business. And I said to him, I said, see, my dear, I want you to understand that business of radio for now is not there. I have moved on. I am in a place where I have found rest. I have found pleasure with the things of God. I have seen God in a different dimension. And so he has called me because he has seen my yieldedness and my complete commitment to him. He could trust me with the fact that if I can honor my son. And he was shocked. He was wondering, he was like, wow, I never knew. All of a sudden, he reached back to me and he says, man, I see what God is doing. A friend of mine confirmed also to say, now you enter ministry full time. Why am I sharing this testimony? That very particular pleasures of life may be very good at that very particular point in time. But does that make me, because the ability for me to focus on that very particular business may take me away from doing what I am doing tonight. Because it was coming at a time that I was preparing and seeking God's face. Complete yieldedness. Complete yieldedness. Complete yieldedness. Also, we get to see that dedication is what determines the flow of life from God to you. Dedication is what determines the flow of life. The life you want to live, dedication determines that. John chapter 15 verse 5. It says, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. He said, bear much fruit for without me you can do nothing. Your dedication to God guarantees the life that flows from him to your life. Your ability to have a heart for him guarantees the flow of life from him. Because he's the vine and you are the branches. As long as the vine still carries life, your life also still carries life. But, but you have to be constantly grafted in the things of God. Grafted in the heart. When, when God begins to think you are the first place, he wants to release grace. He wants to release honor. He wants, because why? He can trust you to know too well that you will not fly away. What does again does your dedication do? Before we get there, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 4. He says, he that is joined to the living, say there is hope. He that is joined to the living, there is hope. Where are you joined to? Where is your heart joined to? 
Tonight is not, a, it's not a popular message that will make you jump and scream and stuff. Tonight is the night of your heart. Where is your heart joined to? Is your heart joined to your business, to your family, to your loved ones? Maybe that's the reason why you are still getting attacked there. Because when the enemy knows that your heart is joined to God, he backs off of your life. Because why? God becomes your custodian. He becomes interested in you. And you become a primary focus in the things of God. Because why? He knows that your heart is joined with him. What else again does your dedication do? Your dedication sponsors a transformational side of things. It sponsors a transformational side of things. Romans chapter 12 from verse 12. I mean Romans 12, 1 and 2. We know that very particular scripture quickly. But I want to show you something that is different from that very particular scripture. When the Holy Spirit said that to me today, it blesses my heart. And that's what I want to show you quickly. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. The Bible says here, I beseech you, brethren, therefore, it said, by the message of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It says, and do not conform to this word, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Do you know that this very particular scripture is not talking about renewing your mind from the things of the world or probably what? It's talking about renewing your mind in the dedication you have found in God. Because here, he said, I beseech you, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your body as what? A living sacrifice. When your life is already a living sacrifice to God, transformation becomes easy. The reason why you are currently struggling with a transformed life, you are currently struggling with your life operating in the light of God. My question to you tonight, is your life a living sacrifice for God? Because if your life is a living sacrifice for God, I bet you, your transformation process becomes easy. When your heart for God is settled, you are planted in him, buried and dead, committed, undoubtedly yieldedness to him. Your transformation process becomes easy. Because why? He begins to remove. Like the Bible says in John 15, he is the branch and you are the branch. I mean, he is the vine and you are the branches. And any part of you that does not bear fruit, God by himself begins to take interest and begins to transform you. Because why? It is until you become a living sacrifice for God. That is when your transformation becomes in view. That is when your transformation becomes in view. I said here, your transformation is a sweet sequel to your dedication to God as a living sacrifice. It's a sequel to your dedication to God as a living sacrifice. is a sequel to your dedication to God as a living sacrifice. Let's look at some of these three examples quickly before we begin to bring our thought to a close tonight. Let's look at these three examples. Number one, coming from Daniel. We notice Daniel in the book of Daniel chapter 6 verse 5. Daniel 6 verse 5. The Bible makes us to understand that then, it said then this man said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel. Unless we find against him concerning the law of his God. Daniel, they could not find anything in the life of Daniel. Daniel's heart was so locked in God to the point when they were trying for him not to be able to serve his God. They could, they, they could not stop him. They could not find a way of barricading him because why? His heart for God. See, hmm. I'm careful of saying this. Until you serve God to the point, until your heart for God gets to the point where if they put a bullet for you, you will not deny him. My dear, you are not ready yet. You are not ready for the mysteries of dedication and the possibility therein in God. Because we want all the blessedness of God in Christ Jesus here on earth. 
but forget to understand that are some of the blessedness that will curtail you to stand alone with what you know for your God. And you say, I would rather prefer for me to be poor and broke and still serve my God than for me to sleep with you uncircumcised Philistine for me to be promoted. No, no. Let's check our heart. Daniel's, Daniel's problem was the fact that he loves God so much. And because of his heart for God, they were trying to look for a way to bring Daniel down. Can that be your testimony tonight? Can that be something that man will look and say, no, the heart at which my daughter or the heart at which this lady or this guy has for God, man, damn it. We envy the way you serve your God. Can that be for you tonight? It's a question of the heart. Number two is a man called Job. Who is Job? Job is one guy that for me, I just, regardless of the guy's fault, his fears and his frailty and stuff, I just love that very particular guy. Trust me, I do. This is one guy for me that he has no pastor. But yet he was able to go with the things of God and route his possibility in God. And Job, we understand the book of Job chapter 2 from verse 9 to verse 10. Job got to a particular point whereby the poverty and the pains. And, and, and this is the thing I want you to understand with Job. See, Job was a big boy. Job was so big to the point that even the devil came to look for a way of how to bring this guy down. He couldn't. But all of a sudden, Job lost everything. Just because he was rich, you think that, okay, now that he is rich and stuff, he will be able to leave God. While he was rich, he was still sad. His heart for God was there, despite the fact that there was a frailty called fear that was sponsoring his reality, but he also has a heart for God. We can see his heart for God when the wife came to meet him and said, why don't you cause God and die? And the Bible says, and, and Job looked at his wife and asked, he said, why, why are you sounding like one of those foolish women? Because I know you can't be this foolish. This, this one you are talking did not come from me, your husband. I didn't teach you this part. I like how, why, why? Job commitment, his heart for God was so strong to the point that even when the wife was bringing the, another plan B for him, he refused. He stayed. I would rather prefer for me to die with my heart for God than for me to compromise and find myself in another different ballgame. Job stayed. Can you stay? Can your heart for God be even though when you don't have the money in your bank account? Can your heart for God be even when you don't have that very particular five-star life you want to live? Can your heart for God be even when the husband or the wife did not even come back home? Can your heart for God stay even when the child or the things you are expecting did not come to pass? Can your heart for God be so settled to the point that you are not moved? Where is your heart? My son, God says, give me your heart. Give me your heart. Tonight is a cry where God is calling our heart again. God wants to see our heart. He wants our hearts to be planted in the things that concerns him. You want God for him to be able to bless you? If your heart is not in the things that matters to God, my dear, forget it. God is not a God that is going to cut his corner simply because he wants to accommodate you. The final example of person we are going to look at tonight. His name is called David. David. David's heart was lost after God to the point that God called him his friend. He had to look at David. He said, I know David is a man after my own heart. God had to testify concerning David. A man after my, not a man after my money. Because we need to be very careful with that statement. Act of the Apostle chapter 13 verse 12. I mean verse 22. Act of the Apostle 13 22. The scripture makes us to understand. He said, I have found David the son of Jesse. A man after my own heart. Can God put his hand in his church and say, Sister XYZ, brother BSD, that you have my heart. I know you, you have my heart. I know you, I know you, I know you, you have my heart. No wonder every battle, even when Absalom decided to remove David from the throne, God still routed the possibility for him to be able to stay there. 
Karoto Shatale Gebrutuza. He find a way to keep him still sitting there. Because why? His heart for God was so settled to the point that uh, one of the things we see with David, even when God said to David in the book of Second Chronicles that no, you will not be building the house. You will not be building my because your hand is full of blood. David was not moved. He said it is a pleasure because I know that yes, my hand is full of blood, but God, I delight in me wanting to do this very particular thing. And so because of that, I am going to provide the resources, even my son Solomon. Because why? There are some of you, if God tells you that no, you cannot build my house and stuff. No, you cannot do it and cool. We'll be very quick to say, ah, that's a nice way for me to keep my money, man. Let me go to Dubai. David was not like that. David had was so locked in God to the point that the Bible says he provided every of the things that was needed for that very particular temple to be built. Can we find the delight of God in your heart? Can we look at you and know too well that the reason why you are serving God is not because you want the ten rand. Yes, those are the things that shall be added to you. But it's because of your affection and your heart for him. Where you know too well. For example, like me, for a kind who are married or in your relationship. You just want to make your partner happy. If you are in a genuine relationship or you are in love with somebody genuinely. Do you know that regardless of if they buy gift for you or they don't buy gift for you, you are not bothered. Just by being around them, just, just, you just take delight. You miss them to the point that you called them two minutes ago. But now you are still trying to call them. A delight for God. That's the kind of heart David carries. And so because of that tonight, because of my time, we'll be jumping. I want us to look. What are the acronyms? Because these acronyms will make us understand some certain things that are very important for us to begin to look into. Certain things are very important for us to begin to look into. One of the things that dedication does is the fact that kingdom addicts are the highway to supernatural addiction. I mean additions. Just because you are addict to the things of God, supernatural addition becomes your lot and your portion. We saw that with the story of Daniel I was telling you about. When Daniel was asked, when Daniel was compromised, was put in a tight corner. Daniel was so addicted to the things of God. His heart was for him. No wonder we saw with the life of Daniel. In the book of Daniel chapter 6 verse 28. Because of his heart. We see, it's quite interesting where with Daniel's life story, we did not hear that Daniel gave a one tent or gave whatever and stuff. Or the offering and coke. Very good. I'm not against those things. The church, as us as, us as platform church, we, we live in Titan and offering and stuff. We do that and all those things. But this is what I want to say because of the context of tonight. As much as the heart of Daniel was in there, the Bible says in verse 28 of Daniel chapter 6, it says, so Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius the king and also with the reign of Cyrus the Persian. This was the man that has a heart for God. His dispensation. So which means don't tell me that your heart for God is because you, you want to have a heart for God when you are serving or probably when you are serving God. In the place of the politics where you are. Can they know that you have a heart for God? Or when they see you sitting with them, you are, one, you are like the Joneses with them. They can't find any difference with you. For Daniel, he stood for God. They know this cannot be moved. Can that become your testimony tonight? Let's quickly look. Kingdom addict. Karoto Shata. Kingdom addiction is an unreserved obedient, the cost notwithstanding. The ability for you to be dedicated to God, the cost notwithstanding. See, this is not one message that I will tell you when you do this, you get this. No, come, that is one message that we need to settle with our heart. What if God will not give you that very particular prayer you are praying for? 
Because I know you want to say, go, Papa Pastor, now you are trying to be controversial and stuff. You just, we just do the 21 days prayer and fasting. No, we are talking about your place in Christ. We are talking about what gives you the all-round rest that you desire. The thing that will guarantee your dominion on earth. Let's also ask, what if God refused, for lack of better word, give you that request? Will you still say, Jesus is Lord? Will you stand and say, this is the God? Because if that question, you cannot answer it properly, it shows where your heart is. It shows where your heart is. Now, let's quickly look because of my time. The acronym is of dedication. Because this will answer a lot of stuff that I'm going to be talking about tonight. The acronyms of dedication. Dedication is spelled D-E-D-I-C-A-T-I-O-N. So I want you to write it D-E-D-I-C-A-T-I-O-N. And so we'll be looking at it one after the other. And these acronyms of dedication that we want to look into tonight. Now, these are marks of your dedication. These are the score points to look. Because if we can be able to, if I begin to mention this very particular point, you begin to look at them. You will now begin to ask you, begin to give you a pointer as to, to see if you are dedicated to God or you're not dedicated. Number one, D. It's called determined. Are you determined to follow God regardless of what is happening? Is your determination settled in God to the point that regardless of what is happening, I stay with him. I stay with the things. Revelation chapter 3 from verse 15 and 16. It says, I know your works that you are neither hot nor cold. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you were lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. God was saying, I want people whereby they know what they want. They, you know your position. Your determination concerning him is regardless, no matter what. If your determination is not God first, like Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, in that beginning, God settled it close, close. How determined are you with your God? Is it the fact that something can come and take you out of your God? Or you are so consecrated to your God to the point that nothing can shake you? Determined. Are you determined or you are just walking a path knowing too well that let me just be doing this thing haphazardly. That's why you can't repeat the favor that God has done in your life because why? You are just doing God by chance and by luck. How determined are you? Lord, I am for you. Come rain, come shine. If that statement has not come out of your mouth, my dear, that's the reason why number one, you are not making a mark in that very particular choosing career that God has given you. These are spiritual principles that has been that I have used to govern my life day in, day out. And I see him day in, day out come true for me. How determined are you? Number two, quickly. E part. We're sitting at the E. It means eradicate. 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 What is the word eradicate here? Anything and everything that is standing between you and your God. Have you taken out the time for you to remove them? That boyfriend is telling you, let's cut corners, and yet you said yes. Have you eradicated that very particular thing? We see that in the book of Job chapter 22, verse 23. It says "Yeah, if you return to the almighty God, he says you shall be built up. Only return, that's where you can be built up. He says, and you remove iniquities far from your tent. There are stuff you know too well that in the morning you come to church, in the afternoon, in fact, after service finished, you are driving straight to a Sangoma. Eradicate stuff that has taken God out, taken God away from your life. What have you taken out your time for you to remove? Job chapter 11 verse 14. He said, if you put away iniquities in your heart, he says, and allow no justice to dwell in your tent. He said, put away iniquities away from your heart. What are the things that has kept your heart bound? 
You know too well that you are cutting corners. You know too well that you have not removed one minute. You hold this very particular thing. You know until whether you have this part, you hold this part, you hold this one, you hold this one. One minute, okay, in case this one does not happen, I have this to work for me and stop. Have you eradicated whereby you know that you are sold out to the things of God? You are so sold out to the point that you are not bothered about anything that anyone is going to say. You have removed everything in your life. So to the point that when people see you, they, they are wondering, ah, show me, man, the club we used to go, man, when we used to do chufi, chu, what's going on? Like, my dear, I've chosen to eradicate it. Can that be your testimony? That is how you see your point number two when it comes to your scormark with the mystery of dedication. Number three, quickly. What is it we need to look into? That deed here, it means disciplined. 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 The ability for you to be disciplined, to stay in God because your life dependent on it. The ability to stay in God no matter what, whereby you don't even create a cup of God. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29, it says, Seest thou a man disciplined in his business? I'm reading the ASV version. Seest thou a man disciplined. What business are we talking about? We're talking about the business of God. Seest thou a man disciplined in his business. He said he will stand before king. My dear, this is one thing about discipline. Even, I think there's a lot of books. Brian Tracy has a book on discipline. A lot of writers. My dear, when your life is disciplined in God, it will determine what you achieve from him. The ability for you to be disciplined. Whereby you know that no matter what, you cannot come and shift me away from the things that I want to do. I'm disciplined. If my time for church is 5 p.m., so be it. If my time for church is 9 a.m., so be it. You are so disciplined to the point that you don't create any other things. But if you're disciplined, whereby somebody can influence your discipline, the question for me for you tonight, are you indeed dedicated to God? Maybe that's the reason why you are not getting the things that you want to see come to pass in your life. This is one service that is that what I call a checkmate. Check what is happening. Check what is happening. Check what is happening. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12. It says here, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end is a way of death. The end is a way of death. The ability for you to be disciplined. I know that this is a shortcut, but I'm not going to go there. If it's not God, so be it. I'm going to stay my lane. Can that be your testimony tonight? It's a question that you and I we need to ask ourselves when the service is over. Number four, what is our point? Number four, the I. What does the I mean? It means indoctrinate yourself. The ability to indoctrinate yourself. Indoctrinate yourself. See, force your consciousness to indoctrinate yourself. To what? To his word and his kingdom. To his word. To the word of God and his kingdom. We see that in the book of Psalm chapter 119 from verse 11 to verse 16. Psalm 119 verse 11 to verse 16. Psalm 119 verse 11 to verse 16. The Bible says here. He said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. He said, blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy status. With my lips have I declared all the judgment of thy mouth. He said, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimony. As much as in all riches, I will meditate in thy precept and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy status and will not forget thy word. I will not. David was so indoctrinated to the things of God to the point is I will not forget. So if you have not, when they talk to you, 
what words come out of your mouth that shows where if the first thing that comes out of your mouth when you are going through trouble is i'm finished that shows where your heart is if the first thing that comes out of your mouth is the spirit of fear that is in you that shows where your heart is if your heart is for god you will find yourself indoctrinating yourself to god we see that with the like of with the life of peter in the book of luke chapter 5 verse 5 the bible says with peter that peter when peter was finished toiling all night and day after he has finished the bible says and jesus came and asked him give me your boat we know the story give me your boat and stuff and peter was like okay dude i'm gonna give you after i finished jesus finished do i'm what god jesus finished with what he wants to do and stuff and jesus said to peter cast your net on the other side but this is one thing for me that was very interesting peter first and foremost came up with his excuse he said master i've toiled all night i've done everything i can do but he says but at thy word but at thy word i will you all know the story after then the word of god has the potent power if you don't have a heart for god's word you have no mark to make in this world i'll repeat it again as a believer if you don't have a heart for the word of god and the things of his kingdom that tickled his heart you have no mark in this world this world where you and i are you have no mark you have no mark it takes a sold out dedication to stay and practice god's word it takes a sold out dedication i am sold out to the god word of god regardless of it all the word of god is my way my precept my heart indicts in those very particular things can that becomes your part if not we need to think about that what is again number five the c what is the c the c means commitment 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 it means commitment to god wholeheartedly you are, you are so committed to the things of God. Now, this is one for you to have your heart for him and you are committed to the things where everything that he says, you are willing to go through it. Second Chronicles chapter 25 from verse 1 to verse 20. This is a story of Azariah, um, who was the king of Judah. The Bible says there that he did what was right in the sight of God, but his heart was not with God. He was doing, he was ticking all the box. I went to church, I cleaned the ground, I pay my tithe, I do my offering, I do this and stuff. He was doing all the righteousness that is needed, but his heart was not with God. We can see that in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 25 verse 2. It says, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. His heart was not committed. His heart was not committed. Psalm 112, I mean Psalm 122 verse 1. He said, I am glad when they say, let us go into the house of God. He was committed and his interest was in God. He was so committed, this person called David. He was so committed. But as, what's it called? Amaziah. He was a guy that was constantly, I would tick. He sounds like majority of our Christian days. Whereby you show up in church. You show up with fellowship. You show up with, but your walk with God, is it, your, is it settled in your heart? Or you are just ticking the box just to be able to appease? One of the things that I know for us as a platform family is this. I don't want people who appease me. I want people who have a heart for God. Because if you can have a heart for God who you do not see, you will have no problem for you to be able to serve man who God has put ahead of you. The reason why we find it very hard and very difficult for us to be able to serve men that God has given us at this very particular point in time is because our totality and our heartfelt commitment to God, it is not in view. We also see with the story of Josiah. I love this very particular guy called Josiah. 
Josiah was committed. He was sold out despite the fact that he was a king. This was a guy that was sitting in a political space, but yet he was not moved. The Bible says there in the book of 2 Kings chapter 22 verse 19, it says, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord, when your heart, I mean, when, when you heard what I spoke against this place, he said, and against its inhabitants, he said that they would become a desolate and a cost, and you tore your clothes and wept before me. He said, I have heard what you said to me, said the Lord. Do you notice something in that verse 19? He said, because your heart was locked in me. Josiah was a king, but yet he was a man. He is, he, he is so different from Amaziah. Amaziah was a guy whereby for him, yet I take the boss, but my heart was not in there. But Josiah took the boss, and yet his heart was in God. We also see that in the book of 2 Kings chapter 22 and also chapter 23. You will find the story and the exploit and the battles that Josiah won. And yet Josiah finished and died with his heart still in God. Not like majority of the king who rule. Josiah still died with his heart still in God. 2 Kings chapter 23 from verse 1 to 28. I want to read verse 25 there. He says, now before him, there was no king like Josiah. Josiah was the king. He said, who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his mind, according to the law of Moses. Nor after him, there is none that rises like Josiah. Josiah was a phenomenal guy. He was a guy that was different. Can that be with you? We're in the place where you walk now. Can we find your heart for God? Or can we find your total commitment to the things? Where it's not the fact that you are ticking the box with the righteousness or the law of the, or the law of righteousness, but the fact that your heart is settled in God. Your commitment. Is your commitment wholeheartedly or your commitment is biased? It's a question that you need to ask. Point number six, quickly because of my time. Point number six. The A there, it means attentiveness to instruction. If you say you have a, you are dedicated to God, this number six is a question mark for you to be able to put on the table and ask yourself, am I attentive to the instructions of God? A means attentiveness. You may even want to put on that word, attention to the things of God. Adhering to instruction. Attentiveness, attention, adhering to instruction. Deuteronomy chapter 28 from verse 1 and 2. It says here, it says, And it shall come to pass if you shall diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe carefully, I like the word carefully, all his commandment which he has commanded you today, not, not previously, today. He said, Then the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. He says, And all the blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Because what? Because you obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. You obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. I said here, yeah, if your heart is sold out, your attentiveness to the things and the instructions of God becomes your delight. When your heart is sold out to God, when you are totally dedicated to God, do you notice something in verse 2? It says that on this Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 2, it says, and this blessing shall come. So which means dedication to God compel blessings to come upon our lives. The reason why some of the blessings that we are not seeing is our attentiveness to instruction in view. Exodus chapter 23 verse 22. He said, but if you will listen carefully to the voice of God and do everything I say, he said, I will be an enemy to your enemy and a foe to your foe. You want God to be an enemy to your enemy. Can God trust that your heart is for him? Because God is only committed to those who are committed to him. 
God is only committed to those who have a heart for him. God is only committed to those who have fully submerged themselves in God to the point that they have no distraction. When God says, stand up, they stand up. In the book of Genesis chapter 22, we get to understand that when God asked, uh, what he called Abraham, from verse 1 to verse 4, he tell him, he said, take your son, thy only son, Isaac. I, Jacob, what he called Abraham did not have to sit down to negotiate. Immediately, he had take attention to that very particular instructions. And he went. Are you a person that fights instructions? Or you are a person that fights against instruction? Are you a person that embraces instruction? Sorry. Or you are a person that fights against instruction? Remember the scripture, read the book of 2 Timothy. The scripture is given by inspiration of God for correction, for instructions. We talk about reproof, talk about correction, talk about rebuke. Also, an instructions. We are quick for us to talk about the things that are thou shalt be blessed. But the instruction that sponsored that very particular blessing, it can only be seen if your dedication is in view. Point number seven quickly. What is point number seven? Time out with God. What your dedication to God, your heart for God will make us see your time out for God. And when I'm talking about this time out for God, I'm not talking about the time out whereby you come to church. The time out for God in your private space. This morning, before you come to this evening service, did you take out a time out for you to sit and seek the face of God? That shows how dedicated you are. The Bible says here in the book of Psalm chapter 63 verse 1, that David was saying here, he says, when he was in wilderness of Judah, he said, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul tasked for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Even the parts, I know we've just finished fasting and prayer. My dear, just because we've finished 21 days fasting and prayer, it should become a lifestyle for you. Where at least a week do not pass without, not the fact that your church will have to put a fasting and prayer. You by yourself, take a time out and say, I just want to wake on the Lord. Why are you waiting on God for? I just want to wake, wait on the Lord God. It's my work with him. For no reason, you just wake up and just take a fast. You just wake up and just take a study. Ability for you to just pray. Take time out. I'm not talking about the one that your church do because it's easy for us to seek the church because the church said, I must do. Which one are you doing? Your dedication to God, your dedication to the heart of God would make you create a time out for him. We can see another man in the Bible. His name is called Jesus. The, the perfect example that we use. All the time in the book of Luke chapter 5 verse 16. The Bible says, and Jesus often, the word there often means is all the time. He often withdrew himself into the wilderness and he goes there and pray. How many times after we've finished 21 days prayer and fasting, have you withdrawn yourself from your friends, from your family, from your loved ones, even from your husband and your wife and just want to seek the face of God? And your wife is asking you, your husband is asking you, why are you praying? I just, it's my heart for him. I just want to know what God is thinking. I want to understand what he's doing so that I can become a custodian that will carry that very particular ministry. Your time out with God. Number eight quickly. What is again? That is our thing that justify if indeed we are dedicated. Number eight is the I. It talks about inspiration. It talks about being inspired. Inspired. To do, um, inspired to do God as it delights your heart. One of the biggest examples that I want to use here is the story of David. 
when it comes to about inspired, being inspired, David was so inspired of God to the point that he, he was always looking for something to do. If See, this, I know that I'm on a global platform currently now. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and every other stuff and co. But if, if your church will have to compel you to do things for God, you are not dedicated to God through your church. I promise you, you are not. Because by the time today is Thursday, I want you, every one of you that is currently listening to me, you may not be a platform church member, it's okay. But I want you to sit down and look at your church, the church you attend. There are stuff that are needed in that very particular place. Are you inspired to see that very particular things done? You know, for example, now we are in winter, you know your church will need a heater and stuff. Inspiration, would, it, it will make you to want to, you don't need your pastor to come and begin. See, you don't understand how sometimes it's annoying and tiring for pastors, to, I don't know about other pastors, but for me, in, in quote, it is tiring to stand there instead of preaching the word of God and you're trying to raise offering to buy heater. That should be a delight in the heart of somebody. Just the same way David, the Bible says, and David, all of a sudden, because God says that he was not, I mean, he's not going to be able to build the, the, the temple. David was so inspired to the point that the Bible says that he bought a lot of stuff for the temple to be built. First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 3. The Bible says here, he said, moreover, because I have set my affections on the house of God, I have given to the house of my God over and above, and that I have prepared the holy house, my own special treasure, gold and silver. You can read that, the whole book of First Chronicles chapter 29. David prepared every, he was so delighted, so inspired. Like, no man, my house cannot be like this. I have to find a way because why? His heart was for God. If all that you ever know is the pastor, bless me, and I get out of the church and you're not inspired for you to do something for God because of your heart for him. Your dedication has a question mark at the end of it. Your dedication has a question mark at the end of it. Number nine, quickly. What is our number nine? Opposition. Oh, this is something that we don't talk in church. Opposition. Opposition. And this one, this doesn't, this, this, this opposition is something that happens to you where you know that no matter the oppositions of life, I am not going to be moved. Every, all of a sudden, you look at opposition and you look at it with a different lens because you know the God that your heart is locked into. No, but no wonder Paul the Apostle make us to understand the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9. He said, for a great door is opened unto me, I understand that adversary is okay. And in the place of him looking at the adversary, the Bible says he make it, he commonize it. He so commonize it. He commonize it to the point that when he look at it in the book of 2 Corinthians, I mean 2 Corinthians chapter 4, from verse 16 to 18, he calls it a small potatoes. He said, let me read that scripture from the message translation. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, because this is a thing that makes a lot of people leave church. Small opposition, you are gone out of church. If the seed that was planted in the ground thought to himself that I am beginning to decay, let me live here. Do you think it will be able to grow and produce almost 600 tiny seeds attached to that one cup? He was planted and dead on that very particular place, regardless of the opposition. There are majority of us, just because somebody just said one, two, three for you, you are gone. In fact, you are, in fact, if you've gone out of church to another church, it's a different ball game. You are gone out of God. Why would this happen? That's why for me when I see social media, just because one man of God or one pastor or one member committed one child of a sudden, your faith is flying out of the window. I wonder what have you been listening? Because if you are listening, your heart is for God. Regardless of the opposition that is around, you will not be moved. You know and you know whose God you call and you are stable, you are, you are, you are settled. 
Somebody may come tomorrow and tell you something about Titan offering and call him. So you change your heart. Yo, this thing. Come down, come down, come down. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, from verse 16 to 18. It says, So we are not giving up. How could we? Paul was saying, How can we give up? Like it's not possible. Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us. He said, But on the inside, we are God making new life. Karoto Shalata. Somebody needs to receive this one. We are God making new lives. He said, Not a day goes by without its unfolded grace. He said, These hard times are like small potatoes. Compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. He said, There are far more. Than the meat that, that, that made the eye. He said, The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we cannot see last forever. Your heart for God is something that you cannot see, but it lasts forever. Paul was making us to understand I know all the troubles and all the anxiety. I know everything, the opposition. I am not a guy that is without opposition. But all these ones, they are small potatoes. There's a scripture that I like all the time, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. He says, no temptation taking you such as is common. Ability for you to commonize it. All of a sudden, you lost your husband and so move on. Serve God. You lost your wife and so serve God. The guy decided not to date you again. All of a sudden, now you are losing just because you met the guy in church. And so those are opposite. They are small potatoes. You begin to look at it, you commonize the small potatoes. This cannot take my heart for God. Because can I shock you? All those opposition that is coming to you as a believer is to take or to remove your heart for God. Because if they succeed in removing your heart for God, the enemy knows that if I can remove your heart for God, the covenant of God protecting you is no more in view. And so he can use you to become a chewing stick or like a toothpaste to brush his teeth. And after he's done, he flushed you out. Opposition. How do you handle opposition? If you handle opposition when the times are good, yes, Jesus is Lord. But when the times are bad, man, damn it, this Jesus will meet tomorrow. If that's your frequency, my dear, your dedication has a question mark. And finally, this very particular point is N, non-negotiations. The ability for you not to negotiate. Well, I put it here. I say, until God becomes your all and all, your heart fixed on him regardless of whether there is a plan B in view or not. Your non-negotiation, you are not negotiating God for any reason. You stay with him. You are, no matter, they fire you in the company, it's okay. They ask you to say, okay, come and sleep with somebody. You say, no, I'm not going to negotiate my stand. You are like Daniel. I will not define myself with the king's meat. Yes, I know that eating cucumber and eating whatever grass and stuff on that very particular is nice. But I rather prefer for me to drink my gari here than for me to bow my head under the altar. Like the Cedric Mission and Benigo, I would rather be burned by that fire than for me to stand and now mock my God. Or be like Joseph, I would rather for me to go back to the prison than for me to be a local manager when I know that I can become a prime minister tomorrow. The reason why is because our, our firmness to God has not become so grounded. That's the reason why our dedication and the mystery that sponsors all rest in God has not been given to us. My dear sisters and brothers tonight, I have brought God counsel for you tonight. Where is your heart? Proverbs chapter 23 we read. It says, my son, my daughter, give me your heart. Give me your heart. God is making an appeal. He's begging you, give me your heart. If I can have your heart, forget the drama. Everything can be settled in God. Luke chapter 9 verse 62. He says, but he said unto him, no one having put his hand on the plow and look back, that is fit for the kingdom of God. If your heart is in God, 
it shows that you are ready for the mark on earth. Quickly, what are the benefits for a dedicated life? In, in, in two minutes, I'll be able to I'll be finished with this point. What are the benefits of a dedicated life of giving God your heart? If you notice this scripture tonight, I'm not talking about your tithe and your offering. If I can get your heart planted back in God, your ability for you to serve God with your resources, your gift, and your talent, you know that if my heart is right with God, my resources, it doesn't matter to me. You'll be like David, you don't count it. Until you get to the point, I remember... Somebody was asking me a few, I think it was a few months ago, if I'm not mistaken. Man of God, how do you, now that you're starting ministry, how do you consider your giving and stuff? I said, I just give to God without me expecting anything because that's not, it's, it's my father. He will always come true for me. The reason why sometimes we give and we don't get anything in return is because all the time we are playing kalu kalu with God. We've turned God to loto. One rand for five rand. Twelve rand for twenty rand. One thousand rand for ten thousand rand. That's the reason why the enemy keep attacking. Until you get to the point where you're giving to God is based on your heart for him, my dear. Your ability for you to operate on financial rest will not be in view. Your giving is based on your heart for him. You don't bother. You don't think about it. Like the Bible says, you prepare it from us. Now this God is just too good, man. Just knowing that I serve this God and cool. You are not even trying to scratch and look for the old ten rand. What are the benefits of the dedicated life? Number one, quickly. It opens you up for an encounter with God, for his kingdom and his agenda on earth. It opens you up for an encounter with God, for his kingdom and agenda on earth. Example, Elisha. Elisha was so dedicated to God to the point that he served Moses even till the end. He locked everything out. No wonder Elisha was part of the guys that, that make a mark on this very particular earth. We saw a guy called Moses. Moses was also sold out to God to the point that he actually left his wife and his children with his father-in-law and he went to pursue after the things of God's heart. We also saw a guy called Josiah that I've just read. This was a guy that chose to be loyal to God with his heart and also to make sure that the principle of God is also adhered to. I said the ability for you to be dedicated to God, it opens you up for an encounter with God. You want to enjoy encounter with God? These are the secrets of servants of God that people don't understand. We are just undoubtedly and stupidly yielded to God. That's all I can say. It. Number two, quickly. It positions you for possibility even in the place of your work. Your total, your total heart for God positions you for possibility. If you think I'm lying, ask David. Ask Daniel. Ask Joseph. These guys, they were all dedicated to God. No wonder when there's any possibility in that very particular terrain where they walk, they were the one they choose. Can God look at you because of the heart you have for him? Choose you for the next possibility that's about to happen in your mountaintop? If not, your dedication is in a question mark. Number three, you become a battle axe for God. When God is looking to, to route a possibility in Toyando, in Ajegule, in wherever, God chooses you because he knows. He, like he said, I know of my son, Abraham. He will compel his children to go after me. Can God look at you and say, I want to take you as the next battle axe because of your heart for him? If that's not, question mark needs to be reviewed. Number four, it settles you in God for the end time agenda. The Bible says the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. 
Can God see your heart? Knows too well that, you see, sometimes there's some certain financial miracle or some certain blessings that you are expecting God to do, but God knows your heart. That if I give you, you would disappear. He knows that, see, the money you are praying is in God's hand. God is not, what does he do? He can't spend it in heaven. In fact, the money you are praying for is in one person's hand. All they just need, it's your, it's so, God just thought, person to try to, but God knows now. If the person transferred to your account, you will close your church and remember that you are an itinerary minister. You will forget to preach the gospel. Because, because why? God's agenda on earth is to make sure that all comes to Christ. And finally, number five. What is the benefit of a dedicated life? Rested life is guaranteed. The Bible says with Abraham in Genesis chapter 24 verse 1. It says there that God blessed Abraham in all things. And he found rest for his soul. God blessed Abraham in all things. My dear, this is one message. Not even myself saying to you right now. I'm sitting down thinking. God is my heart for you, indeed for you. Or I am only looking for the crumbs that will fall from your hand. It's a question that you and I need to sit and ask ourselves and begin to go into the place of prayer because of my time. Lord, I am coming for my heart again back. My dear, everything that you are asking God to do, God has already released it. But he wants to see your heart for him. He wants to see where your heart is. Your heart, he says, dear, my son, give me your heart. If I can get your heart, all these things, what you call, in the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 3, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, indirectly, just seek me, God. All this one you are dying to get, it will be added as an addition to you. We're going to pray tonight. What is the prayer point? Lord, place upon me the spirit of a sold-out dedication to you, Lord. As simple as that prayer, open your mouth and begin to pray. You've heard the message tonight and you've heard what God is saying. You know too well where your part with God is. You know too well where things are sitting with you. The ability for you to open your mouth and begin to ask and to say, Lord, my dedication is to you. My dedication, Lord. I know that I've been praying and I've been doing all my fasting, sitting and stuff, but God, my heart is not right. I'm coming to bring my heart back. Your word says, I should give you my heart, Lord. That is what I'm intending to do now. Open your mouth and begin to release your word. And as you are saying it, you are not just saying it with your word. You meant it from the depth of your heart. Lord, I give you my heart tonight. I give you my heart tonight. Lord, regardless of whether I have the Bentley or don't have the Bentley. I have the wife, I don't have the wife. I have the husband, I have the children, I have whatever, Lord. But my heart is settled and buried in you. It is settled and buried in you. It is settled and buried in you. Open your mouth and begin to speak. God is compelling for you tonight. Give me your heart. One of the things I want you to understand, my dear, as you are praying that prayer, is the fact that God is still in the business of making men. But your sought out dedication to him qualifies you for the making. The choice is yours. God is still interested. He is interested to make, if you think that the one Randy has given you, give him your heart and let's see and see how God is going to route new possibility through you. There are stuff that God wants to do on this planet, Ed, but he needs your hearts to be right. So that he can be able to trust you. 
Open your mouth one more time. That's all we have for today. But be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.